eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So now Posey ranges away and Bellinger throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, next episode, Garlic Fries, Baseball Guys. That's Joe Shasky. I'm Mark Willard. And I guess, Joe, looking at the way this week's going to shake out, this is our final in-season episode of the year. We'll do a season wrap coming up on Thursday and then get ready for the offseason, which uh, you know, knock on wood is going to be more fun than the regular season was. Um, but one more series to go, if you will, in San Diego. And the Giants need to win at least one of them to finish at 500. They need to win two of them in order to finish over 500. And Gabe Kapler weighed in on that. But, uh, but, but you know, let's do it ourselves first. Yeah. Like to you, wh- what does that mean? Any sort of a silver lining if they can win at least as many as they lose this year? Well, I think all things being considered, when think back where this organization was just three or four years ago, they're in a better place today, right? They've got an ace. They've got a closer. I believe that they've got a catcher, you know, moving forward. They've got a couple of random pieces and they've got a boatload of money, right? They're better off today than they were. Now, I just asked the question, if I gave Bobby Cox, Bruce Bochy, you know, Joe Torrey, any one of whoever you consider the greatest managers of the last 40 years, I gave them this roster. Are they going over 500? <laughs> like, no, I'm asking sincerely. As no, bad as it's been no. this year, you know, like I actually think all things considered, when you go through the nuance of who actually played this year, the injuries, how few everyday players they have, I actually think they did a pretty remarkable job getting as close to 500 as they did. Well, I mean, it all, as is anything in life, is going to depend on the lens you choose uh, because everything that you're saying is sort of based on our eye test at the beginning of this run. Exactly. The opposite thing is to say, well, now granted, not a same roster, but something that was at least similar, you know, won 107 games last year. So where did that come from? Um, I'll just say this. 
overall, I'm disappointed with where the Giants finished this year. Obviously, how can you not be? But the other side to it is, do I think that there is something mental? Uh, Do I think that there is something that, that, that you can draw from a strong finish and, and having a record post that doesn't have more losses than wins? Uh, call me crazy. I think it does. I think it does mean something. I think it, there's a morale play there for the fan base and for the players who will be back next year uh, that they at least rallied to get that feather in their cap, whatever it's worth. You know, if I would have told Giants fans, hey, a top five guy in every statistical category who's going to win the Willie Mack Award is Wilmer Flores. Heading into the year, most people are like this is like a seventy-win team. Like that's what they would say, and, yeah. I, and I think that that'd be fair. And so I just look at what they've done with the pitching staff in terms of Logan Webb had an unbelievable year again, validating everything he did in the playoffs and in the regular season last year. Camilo Duvall, though up and down at times, he's going to finish with close to thirty saves. He was the September closer of the Good month. Pitcher right? of the month, yeah. I mean that to me matters. Now I agree with you. Like big picture, am I let down? Of course, I wanted him to make the play. Playoffs. There's seven teams that make the playoffs. They're right there with the Phillies. They're right there with the Brewers, who it looks like they're going to be mathematically eliminated. They're right there with the Padres. But, like, be real with yourself. No Buster Posey. Brandon Belt plays, what, 50 games? Longoria in and out of the lineup all year. I'm sorry. Lamont Wade Jr. turning back into a pumpkin. What did people think was going to happen? Like 95 wins? Like if I would have said all of those things, you'd say it'd be a disappointing year. The yeah. fact they're even near 500 – I don't know. Like in a weird way, I'm come full circle, and now I'm actually optimistic. Well, so here's what Gabe Kapler had to say about it. And by the way, this came before the David VR walk off that got them over 500, their 80th win. So at this point, they're 79 and 79. And this is what Gabe Kapler had to say about potentially finishing with a winning record. The victory is has been in the preparation. The victory has been in seeing a team that had every reason to kind of lay down and and didn't and continues to to fight and it's this sunday day game it's our last home game you know we have these guys are going to have the option to get ready how they want to get ready for today's game and um, several of them are out here grinding the, the work in the cage has been excellent over the course of the last week or 10 days and and is today as well and i would say that a lot of places around the league are probably our group is still pushing still determined, still doing everything possible to, to win baseball games and to build that foundation that we discussed. So I will say this because some people will listen to Gabe and, and feel like that's a self-serving comment because that's the way people view Gabe, but I'm going to give him a nod for this. It was too little too late. They didn't make the playoffs. Um, but this little run here at the end where they at least waved to the Phillies and Brewers and said, don't forget about us is a nod to Gabe Kapler, because if if we're going to say that a manager or a head coach, depending on your sport, if if they're in charge of essentially making sure that a locker room doesn't give up and a locker room is going to keep pushing all the way to the end, this team did that. Yeah, This team did that three weeks ago. He's lost the locker room. I don't think he's lost the locker room. I really don't. No, I think that's a really good point. I actually expected them to completely, you know, bottom out. I thought this was a 70-win team a month ago. I'm like, I don't know about this one. The fact that they fought what they have, and a lot of people say, oh, you know, they're winning games that the Rockies don't want to win because they want to hire. Look, it doesn't matter. Guys are playing better. And 
I want to finish on an uptick here. There's two parts of Gabe Kapler that I find almost at odds with each other at times. The guy who's making managerial decisions on how the organization wants to play baseball, which I think in some cases I understand the thought process. I don't necessarily have to agree with it, but I understand it. The part where I feel like I just wish I would get a little more authenticity is from him in the post game. It feels like he's reading the manual of what a coach should be saying, as opposed to like, you know what? We just not that good right now. Like, and I know that that's only self-serving to me, but God, I would love to hear that from him every now and then. I'm still, you know, here we are in year three. Do I sound crazy? Uh, no, you're not. But, but, but I don't, I also don't know that you're, you're accurate. I don't think we can be though, is my point. Like, here's what I'm getting at. There's something about Gabe Kapler that obviously rubs many people the wrong way. There's something about Gabe Kapler that the words we hear all the time, you just use one, inauthentic. Some will go so far as to say phony. And and I'm trying to figure out what exactly it is that makes people feel that way. Um, I'm not saying that there's a lack of evidence, but there also isn't evidence. It's just something about the way he goes about saying what he's saying. He isn't uh, a guy who's just going to uh, totally open up. He is a little bit like close to the vest. We have a process. Our answers are going to be based on the process. And that works fine when you're winning, right? Manager of the year. You know who else is totally closed, gives you nothing, and he's completely inauthentic when he answers questions? Bill Belichick. We don't give a rip because he's got rings. So I I really think I, I ask each Giant fan to say this. Are you mad at Gabe because of Gabe? Or are you mad at Gabe because they've only got 80 wins? Like I, I really like he didn't bother every you know, a lot of people yeah. at least for the most part yeah, they yeah. weren't bothered last year. No, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. So we can argue till we're blue in the face about how he's managed the bullpen, which is a fair criticism throughout the year. Going to which guy, maybe the organization has too much faith in a particular guy, and and the upstairs people are telling him go in this direction, whether it's John Brebbia, Leon, like whomever in certain situations. Yesterday, just being a human. After the game, he's addressing the entire crowd and people that are on TV watching the game at home on the couch. And he's got the shades on and he's sitting there and it's cliche after cliche. And I just was like, Gabe, take the glasses off and be like, thank you guys for coming out. I know we didn't have the greatest year. Just be yourself. And it felt like he was reading the manual. And there's times like that. And that doesn't mean he can be a good or bad manager. It's just what I want from someone who's the face of the team. I'm totally with you. But the funny thing is, hey, Gabe, be yourself. I think this is. That's the funny he's, thing. It might, I he's, think you're right. different. he's different than you're most, right. most people. He's obviously different. The man once upon a time had a website that was dedicated to his body and organic food. (laughs) This is not, right? This is not your buddy at the end of the bar. And so, you know, he's different. And and, uh, sometimes I just feel like he's being called inauthentic for being authentic. Right, like I it's mean, interesting. 
That you know what I mean? Like he's well, just- and Bochi, you know, I don't mean to cut you off, Mark, but yeah. like let's be fair here. I thought Bochi was a placeholder. When Bochi got here, I was like, oh, a retread who's not very thoughtful and he doesn't seem really uh, you know, two steps ahead of anyone, but like I judged the book by the cover and I was wrong. You know what I mean? Well, and also Boach, you know, famous moments in Giants history. Hey, Belt, you know, grab a beer. And he yes. talks like your old uncle and he, and he you know, wine and cheese steaks. Like Boach is your buddy. Yes. Gabe, Gabe's not. Completely Gabe's opposite. Like, I, this is like, right? He's unattainable. Mm-hmm. He's over here. He's got an eight pack. I, I Like, I don't know how to relate to this guy, but that doesn't make him wrong or ineffective. Well, no. And I also think that like, again, my criticisms with him is primarily through the handling of certain pitch hit situations and pitching. And the larger point is, He's not dictating those things. Those are mandates coming from the top of the organization. And that's me just having philosophical differences in terms of executing what they wanted upstairs. I truly believe this to my core. It's not the brand of baseball that I thoroughly enjoy and want to wrap my arms around, but had they not employed this strategy, I think they're a 70 win team with almost every other manager and every other philosophy that's out there with this roster, this particular roster. And that's where I'm giving him credit. Yeah, it's probably true. One more from Gabe, and this is an interesting one with regard to how they ramp up to next season. He wants more off-season communication with his players, which he thought was lacking last year. And I think one of the major challenges from twenty two the offseason from twenty one to twenty two was we didn't really have that ability to communicate with our players. I think that's one of the major strengths of our coaching staff is like keeping tabs on and, and helping players raise the bar for themselves in the offseason. And that was a, a pretty significant missing link for us. And ultimately, that is no excuse because that just means we should have found more ways to get information to players. And what I mean by that is like perhaps be out in front somehow, some way, but whatever. We didn't strike the perfect balance. And and as a result, I think our our offseason was not as good from uh, 21 to 22 as it was from 20 to 21 and as good as it will be from 22 to 23, where I feel supremely confident that we're going to be more intense more strategic, more communicative than we ever have. More strategic and more intense coming back. But I'll say this for him. Um, You know, there are a lot of things where people go, well, that was the same for every team. True. But if you are a team that is going to thrive on communication, is going to thrive on outworking other teams, then the lack of being able to communicate does affect you more than it, it affects the other teams. So, you know, everything that has had to do with COVID or labor, you know, issues going on in baseball, um, the Giants are using those things. People don't want to listen to that. But, you know, a, a good way to say this is that they're very communicative. A bad way to say it is that they almost feel like control freaks. <laughs> um, right? But but that has been shown to be a strength of theirs, as I think you were just saying. And so maybe they are well, uh, combined with a disappointing season. They're set up to do it a little bit differently next year. I guess my question is, wh- what did he mean by that? Like, did he not know Tommy LaSella's limitations in terms of his physical spot of where he was at in his rehab process? Did they not communicate that back and forth? Was this, I had particular criteria that I wanted player X to work on in the off season. Is this what I'm looking for in terms of growth between the end of October and the beginning of March? Like, 
I guess I had some follow-up questions that we won't know the answers to. Like, what did he mean by the communicate? Do you get where I'm going with this? Well, I mean, obviously they were not allowed to communicate because of the labor issues, right? Is number one. But number two, I just think it's a, it's a staff that likes to tinker. Yeah. So they want to, they want to be with every player and be like, you know, your arm slot is one and a half percentage points off. And we, (laughs) we laugh at it but we want to work on that and they weren't able to do it. And so they feel that like that's something that negatively affected them this year, you know, whatever it is, I think it'll be better next year just by virtue of the fact they're coming off of such a disappointing season. And, and so they're embarrassed. And when you're embarrassed, you put a new level of dedication to it. And so that's sort of what I would expect this off season. Um, Okay. One of the things we know that the giants, uh, one of the few things that we know they can sort of hang their hat on uh, not only this year, but going forward is Logan Webb. Um, and our own guy, producer Sam Lubman, caught up with Logan this weekend at the ballpark. Uh, you'll hear that here in just a second. A reminder that with Joe Shasky, I'm Mark Weathered. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. And here is, with our own Sam Lubman, Logan Webb. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Thanks for taking some time to chat with me, Logan. So, just going to start about the season overall. Obviously, a big step back from last year. What do you, just in your eyes, been the biggest difference between this season and last season? I couldn't really, I couldn't really point a finger at anything. Um, you know, it's just kind of. Uh, I know we uh, last year we won a, a lot of one-run games, and you know this year we've lost a lot of one-run games. So, um, I feel like hey, that could be something. Uh, maybe just. Uh, maybe not doing the little things right early in the year, and you know, when you don't do those things, maybe he catch, catches up to you. And uh, you know, I think we're playing really good baseball right now, and it's been it's been fun to see. So I think you know we can build off this stuff, and you know, hopefully uh, carry this into next year. So you had a bit of a breakout season last year, and uh, you've really kind of built on it this year. How would you describe how you became a better pitcher this season? To be honest, I. Uh, you know, I, I truly do believe that I, I did pitch better last year. I think this year there's been some more innings, but I think, you know, maybe this last month or so I've been feeling better about, you know, some of my outings. And Yeah, so I'm just, um, you know, just sticking to everything that, you know, we kind of set into place t- two years ago, really, um, 2020. And, um, you know, I, I struggled that year, but we, we put a good plan in place to what we wanted to be as a, as a pitcher and like what what they wanted to see what I wanted to see and um, which kind of just stuck to it and kept going. You've really kind of been using your slider a lot more over the last few years. Uh, in 2020 you threw it 15% of the time up to 27 last year. 
32% list year. It's been one of your better pitches this year. What's really working with the with the slider this year? So in the minor leagues, my my I called it a curveball. It was more over the top, but that was my since I was 12 years old. It's always been my best pitch, and when I lowered my arm slot, it kind of changed the way I threw it, and uh, it took me a little while to really get used to it, um, but. I feel like you know we've really put a lot of work into the bullpens and trying to you know just make that pitch a little bit better. Maybe uh, maybe that's using it more in the games. Like you just kind of get more of a feel for it, and it's something we did a lot last year. And you know I think early in the year this year we weren't using it as much, and we kind of got back to it, and it's uh, it's been better I think. So I think it's just you know I gotta I I need to throw it consistently. Um, you know you know I know Cap always talks about uh, non-competitive pitches, so I think like that's one of the pitches that. Uh, I struggle with with like the non-competitive one so uh, just attacking with it and trusting it is the biggest thing. Would you say that that's been just your best pitch overall this year then? Yeah either that or uh, you know I I feel like my sinker has been a pretty good pitch this year. Um, I I feel like the the shapes have been really good and um, you know I always got my my change up whenever I need to throw it but I think if we use all the pitches in the, the right way I think that's more important than just how nasty one pitch is, if, if that makes sense. So just like the usages and, and, and being able to mix it all up is, is the most important thing. You've also been going away through, uh, from your fastball last few years too. Uh, what's the reason for that? Yeah, it's just kind of the way the game has been called. I think sometimes the because it's my off-speed is kind of you know my best two pitches, uh, they just call it a little bit more, and especially get guys on base. But I, I feel like the last, the last couple outings we've been – um, I'm trying to incorporate the fastball more to more like last year. Uh, last year I threw it a little bit more than this year, and you know, I think the results have been better the last couple outings throwing the fastball more. So last year you were throwing to Posey and Casale. This year you got Joey Barton, Austin wins behind the plate. What's been that transition like going from those two last year to these two this year? I think no matter where you go, it's always a transition. Um, you know, different guys catch you different ways. They might see something different than the other guy saw. Those guys have been awesome this year. Joey's one of the hardest workers I know, and, and Winnie's awesome, man. He's uh, He really works his butt off to, to know what exactly what we want to do on the mound, and um, yeah, it's been it's been fun to throw to both of them. It might be hard to go from a guy like Buster, but I think these guys have done a fantastic job this year, so it's been fun to watch, and hopefully we can just keep building on it. I mean, uh, me and Joey are what the same age, so we're gonna, we're gonna keep doing this thing together. So, the fact that you guys are the same age does that make it easier, or is that just a coincidence? You guys are the same age and it's working out. It's, it's just more of just a coincidence. Uh, I, th- I definitely think we have a relationship like off the field too. So it's like, you know, we've been friends for a couple years now, so that always helps. Um, you know, I think even when I first came up with Buster, it was it was hard for him because he didn't know me, he didn't know how I pitched, and I think that's why towards the end it was really really good. So. <laughs> Uh, it's the same with Kurt. You know, Kurt's. Uh, I feel like everywhere he goes, he does a, a very good job of you know working with the pitchers. I know he's doing a great job in Seattle right now, and even when uh, all the guys that played for the Reds before were like, "Dude, you're gonna love this guy," and, and I loved him. Um, you know, I miss all those guys. But going, sorry, I went a little off your question, but but yeah, uh, I think me and Joey being the same age and kind of. You know, both coming up through the system, it's important to have that chemistry and that their friendship almost off the field too that you can that you can use. How long ago did you meet Joey? I assume you met him at some point. Where you guys crossed paths in the system, or it was the year he got drafted. I was in uh, I was in instructs with him, so I don't know what was that 18. He's got drafted, so I got to meet him then, and yeah, we just been we n- we never really played with each other in the minor leagues, but whenever we were in, in spring training or anything like that, you know, he was always uh, we always talked a ton, and um, so. 
it's been uh, yeah, I would, 2018. No, that's really cool that you've been able to have that guy who you just kind of connect with day one and kind of come up through the system with. So, obviously, you're a big competitor. I'm sure if you wanted to, you could go out, throw nine innings every day, get over 200 innings. I know that was a goal for you. That's not really going to happen, though, unfortunately. When the coaching staff's kind of explained, like, does coaching staff like, do a good job kind of explaining, hey, this is why we're kind of limit your innings right now down the stretch? Uh, are they good at kind of like explaining those plans to you? Does it make sense to you? Uh, what are those conversations like? They're probably one of the best at talking to guys and you know explaining why we're doing certain things. And we had a ton of conversations, and you know I think it's for everybody's best interest to kind of maybe limit me a little bit so that um, obviously I'd love to get to 200, but I I want to get to 200 for as long as I you know can. So maybe limiting for one year after a big jump is. Uh, maybe the most important thing. Does your arm feel good right now, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel good. good to know. So you and Rodon have been a pair of co-aces atop uh, the rotation this year. Back when Linscombe and Kane were here, they'd always talk about how, you know, Timmy goes out and has a good day. Now Matt has to go out and have a good day, too, to kind of compete with, with Timmy in that sense. Bumgarner eventually kind of got in that, too. When Carlos goes out and has a great outing, do you kind of feel like, oh, no, I got to go out and kind of top that? And does he kind of have that same kind of competitive mentality where you guys are pushing each other across starts to kind of one-up each other? <laughs> a little bit. You know, we were, I feel like we've had close to the same amount of wins throughout the year, so like he'll get a win. He was ahead of me for a little bit, and then like right now I'm ahead of him by one, so it's, we were competing a little bit about that. But he always just goes back to, he has way more strikeouts than me, which is very true. And he throws way harder than me. So well, you're, you're more of a contact pitcher yeah, anyway. Yeah, so you, yeah. you guys get outs in your own separate ways. I, mean, yeah. I think you both have a 290 ERA, so it's kind of like there's there's no one path between A to B, right? Yeah, we don't. Uh, it's <laughs> we j we just have fun and um, you know competing with each other and uh, oh, leave that. Um, you know we have fun. Yeah, we watch each other's bullpens and uh, do everything together. So you know he's my locker roommate. And it's been you know a pleasure. Um, you know, working with him, so I, I really do hope he comes back next year. Yeah, no, it'd be great to see you guys top this rotation next year. It's been a lot of fun this year. So I've talked to a few other guys, and I, you know, I asked them a lot of the same questions. A question I ask is, you know, who are the leaders in the clubhouse? So a lot of the usual suspects come up: Crawford, Bell, Longo, uh, Yaz has popped up. Uh, as far as the uh, under 30 group, you're the only name that popped up in that uh, among those names. What's it like knowing that guys kind of look to you as a leader on this team? Yeah, it's, it's something I've really tried to, you know, I don't think I'll ever be somewhat of a really vocal guy, but I want to be, it was important for us as like we had our exit meetings last year and everything and we, we talked about, you know, me kind of making that jump to be a leader and I, I really want to be able to say I, uh, I'd like to be a leader on this team and it is cool that I have guys that have, have been saying that and yeah, I think it's, I think the most important thing I've learned from the leaders that I've been able to be around is that, you know, you show up every day and do the, you come to work every day. It's not pick your day, you, you can't just pick and choose the days you want to come in and, and work. It's, it's every day you come in and you, you know, you put your work in and try your, try to, you know, pick the guys up when they need it and do little things. And uh, it's been fun for me to, try to, you know, kind of learn how to do that and watch other guys do it and maybe kind of take that role on. A lot of great names obviously have worn this uniform. You know, the, the Willies, Mays McCovey, the Clarks, uh, Jack and Will. Talk about Lincecum, Posey, Bonds. All these guys were face of the franchise type guys. When I look at you pitch, when I look at you dominate on the mound, I see a guy who I think could possibly be kind of the next guy in that line. Do you see yourself as kind of like a potential face of the franchise here for this team? I know that's, that might be a lot, yeah, but yeah. That's, that's just what I see when I when I see you pitch. I think it, it, it takes a, a lot of years to 
takes a lot of consistent years to be able to say, you know, you're a, the, I guess, face of a franchise. So I'm, you know, I got a long, I got a long ways to go, but, you know, it's something I, I do look forward to trying to do that. And, you know, hopefully someday be able to say, put my name as one of those guys. I think that's everyone's, everyone's goal. Um, but yeah, you know, I love it here. Uh, I'm, I'm from this area, so it's uh, even more special, and it'd be even more special to maybe say I could be. But like I said, I got a long ways to go, and you know, just it's almost like every day, just show up. And I think that's the first part of the last question too, is like showing up every day and doing your work. And I think I think when you can start being saying you're, you know, a leader or a guy that guys look up to, and I think that's important, and that kind of leads to some of the other stuff. What are you most uh, proud of for what you've accomplished this year? I would say being able to make all my starts and you know being able to say I, every five days I, I can take the ball and go out there and throw as many innings as I can and uh, I really haven't been able to do that a hundred percent so I missed a couple months last year you know I feel like every year I've kind of missed a little bit of time and being able to say I've made all my starts is probably the thing I'm most proud about it's like now I know I can do it, so it's now it's like building on that. Do you have a nickname at all? Just Webby. They call me Webby. So uh, one of the guys I worked with uh, last year, Ryan Covey, he did the night show. He doesn't work at the station anymore. He called you Legend Webb last year because every time you took the mound, the legend was growing. What do you think of that? As a was that the shirt, the Logan Legend? Or Logan Legend, yeah. yeah I, think, I don't know if it was Logan Legend. He usually just said, you know, oh, we got Legend Webb on the mound tonight. So I don't know. What do you think of that name? Yeah, that's that's yeah. I mean, that'd be uh, that's a cool. If he wants to call me that, he can call me that. Uh, you know, like, uh, but yeah, it's usually it's to Webby. Like everyone just calls me Webby, or, or they just call make fun of me as much as they can. Um, yeah, so um, leaders get made fun of a lot. That's how you know you made it. So I know you're a big Raider fan. Uh, I grew up a Raider fan. It's been a tough start. What do you what are you seeing from these guys right now? <laughs> you know, it's hard because we, we we play on Sunday so you can't really you know you watch the games? no I don't because I'm in here and so I I, I watched uh, I've, I've watched most of all the games yeah it's been it's been weird uh, you know the first game I think it was a it was a pretty good game Chargers a good team and uh, the Cardinals one obviously was a historic collapse um, but you know that's football anything any given Sunday stuff can happen and you know last week was Last week was tough to watch too, but you know, I don't know. They've all been really close games, so you know, hopefully that changes. I know it's almost like we talked about this year, right? We've, we won a lot of one-run games last year. We've lost a lot of one-run games this year. I know last year we won a lot of the Raiders. Not we. I'm not part of the team, but the, the We're Raiders. All Raider Nation, yeah, Logan. The, the, the Raiders won a lot of really close games, so you know that's how crazy it can kind of change. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, man. All right, that was Logan Webb with our own Sam Lubman. You are listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys, the Giants fan podcast by Giants fans, for Giants fans. That's Joe Shasky. I'm Mark Wheeler. Two episodes a week. Best way to not miss any is subscribe, including all of the content that we'll have for you this offseason as we get you through the hot stove and the winter meetings. But... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Not done yet with this September, and it has been a good September in terms of record. Any individuals that have stood out that that sort of make you feel like you really want them to be a part of this thing going forward. Yeah, I'll rat a tat tat a couple. Tyro Estrada, I feel like he's had a, a great month and he kind of solidified his spot somewhere on this roster. Austin wins, surprisingly. I thought I would need a veteran catcher. I'm actually kind of blown away with what I've seen down the stretch. He can hit. Defensively, leads a lot to be desired, but he can hit. And then I'm, I'm looking at Austin Slater and I'm saying, you know what? Austin Slater has to be on this team again next year. Sure. And then obviously you've got Wilmer Flores who's going to be here. And then Brandon Crawford's glove finding a rejuvenation. That's a positive step forward. Absolutely. What about Scott Alexander out of the bullpen? Dude. He's been, yeah, he, now that's all of a sudden, like, gosh, I, I look at that guy right now and I'm thinking, man, if this guy had been a part of the team all year long, uh, that would have changed a whole lot. You know, he looks a lot like Jake McGee, but not mm-hmm. Jake McGee, basically. He looks like who he was last year. Yeah, that's a really good call on that. And then I'll add in Tyler Rogers on that. You know, I mean, I think yep. everybody wants to run him out. If you look at his numbers, he's only given up two earned runs in his last, whatever it is, 30 appearances or over 22, 23 innings. He's been really good. He's been really, really, really good for this team. And I think there's a, a misnomer that he stinks. He doesn't stink. He's just got to find the right role. Uh, Scott Alexander, by the way, an ERA of 1.04 in 17 appearances. Wow for the Giants since he showed up. Wow. And by the way, a guy um, whose career regular season mark is an ERA around three. He's been a really good pitcher. So um, that, that's an interesting one as well. The other, I guess, big dangling issue with the Giants that's just sitting out there. What's that? Um, I feel like we all know the way that it's going to go, but we don't really have any data to suggest that. But but where do we sit as the season comes to a close with Carlos Rodon and and what to do about it. it. It feels like the whole team is resigned to the fact that he's gone. He's had a tremendous September as well. And if you're this team that's planning to go spend a whole lot of money and be a great team next year, I'm trying to figure out why you're not at least in the running to get Rodon back. I've kind of come to the grips with the realization that he's gone and it stinks. But the other side of it is this is a great template. Gosman and him back to back years. And I know Gosman was here in the, the shortened 2020 season. Think of the money that these two guys have made off of one full season with the San Francisco Giants. And I think the way that they utilize Rodon in terms of picking and choosing their spots of pulling him, allowing him to go, like they've really managed him quite well for a guy that the number one problem was injury history. It does feel like a blow to their overall starting staff. But, like, why do I feel like they're going to find the next guy? I, I, I actually do have a lot of faith in them that they're going to find the next guy. And then quietly I look at someone like Alex Cobb. Like, 
if they find a guy who's got a little bit better stuff overall than an Alex Cobb, look how they've shined him up this year. Man, there's a yeah. big drop off between the two, but you get where I'm going. No, I get exactly where you're going. And, you know, I, I, part of the reason I think we feel that is because they've always done that. Yeah. That's what they've done. Like, that's kind of been their calling card, if you will, of uh, of, a, of a Gosman. And, and, and then, you know, even the, the other guys, Alex Cobb, some of the ones before him, and then even Rodon, sort of replacing Gosman with Rodon. Now, as much as I sit here and I say I want them to be a part of Rodon conversations, let me throw – the devil's advocate side out to you and throw this name at you. Did you see what happened this week with Charlie Morton? Mm. And if you did see what happened with Charlie Morton, here's why the giants might be terrified of getting into the Carlos Rodon market. Charlie Morton signed an extension with the Atlanta Braves. Now it was short term one year, but he got $20 million. That is obviously $2 million less than what Carlos made with the Giants this year. It's $2 million less than what his option is for next year. Charlie Morton is 9-6 and six this year with an ERA of 4.3. If that's commanding $20 million, then Carlos is commanding 40. Right. Yeah, I, like, I, I, you know, I, I, he's going to get a 50% raise at least – Mm-hmm. On all, and and if you don't want to do that for five years based on his arm history, I think you and I have agreed all year. I get it. Yeah, I get I, it. If you don't want to do that, I do get it. Boy, he's so much fun. Like whoever gets him, if he can stay healthy, he's gonna be a a fun fun pitcher. I wanted to see him pitch in October. You know, like j- j- selfishly, yep. I wanted to see him and Logan Webb go one two in a series because when you put together these rotations, what do you dream about? What it looks like in October. And I just, oh, I feel like we got robbed of that this year. Boy, it would have been nice to have him in that Dodger series last year, right? No oh. Doubt. No uh, doubt, but no yeah, doubt. I'm with you on this. It's just, it kind of stinks. And then my question goes, all right, after arbitration, what do the numbers look like for Logan Webb moving forward? Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, like, they're going to have to buy him out at some point. Yeah. Although the, that's where the giants have the, the, you know, plenty of, of financial muscle. Yes, I don't worry agreed. about that too much because it's going to be a while before they need to do anything long-term uh, on, on that front. I really think that's the only deal. If they could have Rodon back for two years, I bet they would do it. Um, it's the same story with them always, just like Chris Bryant. They would do it if it's two years. They just don't want to do seven. You have to be so exceptional for them to want to do seven, like, you know, Aaron Judge. <laughs> Chris Bryant, zero home runs in Colorado this year. I mean, I, mean, I didn't have that on my bingo card. Here's the thing. I mean, I'll leave you with this as we head into the <laughs> offseason. season. Everybody wants their team to sign the big guy. And they're usually right when they don't. Yeah. That's just the data. It's usually smart not to do it. I'm not saying I'm here for smart. I don't want to pay $15 beers for smart, but I get it. They're usually right when they don't do that deal. And I know we're going to have tons of offseason talk, but Otani agreeing to the $30 million one-year deal to me is get me out of here. I don't even want to wait till arbitration. I want whoever's going to absorb my contract now to know exactly what the figures are. Like that. That's what that one felt like to me. I don't know if that landed on your lap the same way. I mean, the fact that it's happening before the season is over, right? 
Yes, yes, right. I agree with you. They are they are greasing the exit in to, in Anaheim to get totally out of there. Agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So like, and and the way I'm looking at this, like, okay, let's say Rodon leaves. Hey, I could spend that forty million, thirty million in other areas. Yeah, oh my gosh, they, if the Giants at any point this offseason say we wanted him but we just couldn't afford him. Then I'm like, then we've all got a right to just go off. Um, <laughs> exactly. They can afford whatever they, they now they got to want to do it. Yes. But if you want to do it, then they can afford it. That's yes. that's just flatly the truth. Yeah. Um, all right. Big off season to come. And it starts with our next episode on Thursday after the Padres series for Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss an episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys.